I'd like to start by saying thank you for the opportunity to come here. I hope y'all feel that way when I'm done. Um, it's a little intimidating to come to a new place and uh, try to talk to people, so I want to get a few things out in the open. Might as well start them. If I say anything today that resonates with you, that is definitely the Holy Spirit. If I say something that sounds intelligent or theological, that's probably because I read it somewhere. And if I say something that makes you go, do what? What did he just say? Oh, that, that was probably me. Isn't it amazing how God directs our walk in this life so that we end up somewhere we never expected? I certainly never thought I would, I would have this opportunity to be here with you. Uh, your pastor's parents have a connection to my home church and put the two of us together, and that resulted in me getting here today. And I've come to believe that these situations are not accidental. Um, how many steps or actions did we have to have in order for each of us to end up right here, right now, in this place, worshiping God together. Have you ever considered the, the idea that if we'd done anything different, we wouldn't be here? If anything, any little thing had happened in our lives prior to this moment, we would not be here together celebrating Jesus Christ and what He did for us. The question I guess we all must ask is, what are we supposed to do while we're here? If you think about this church and how this came to be, many of you might be here because you're maybe seeking a place to call home as a church. Others, you really like Adam's way of preaching. I tell you what, I was here last week. It was absolutely amazing. And then still others have a vision for where this church is going to go. And clearly God has a plan for this body of Christ or this portion of the body of Christ. The question is, do we see that plan? I feel like God uses our life experiences to prepare us both for where we are and for what is to come. And if we train our minds to hear His voice, we begin to see His presence in our lives. Scripture is filled with examples of how God worked in the lives of others and how He can work in ours. And in some cases, He's directed us along paths where things were going well while in others His gentle touch comfort us during our times of trial. The 23rd Psalm is one of those things that uh, I just think is beautiful. It's very familiar to all of us, and um, I'm definitely going to be reading that in a moment. But I just I got to take a second and just say to you that when I walked in and I heard the songs that were being practiced, I was like, wow, that kind of goes along with what I'm saying. That was no accident. That thing that Milton read just a few minutes ago, you're going to see connects with, with where I go with this sermon. But if we think about the 23rd Psalm, I'll read it here. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Look at the words used to illustrate this relationship that we have with God. You see, yes, we have choices. We have decisions that we have to make as we go through life. But God is always right there with us. He's a caring shepherd. 
For me, reading that psalm and many other parts of Scripture remind me that I need one-on-one time to connect with God. It brings out a desire within me to seek that quiet time alone. And if you think about it, I don't know what your vision of God is. But this picture reminds me of the perfect dad. You know, I mean, he is the perfect dad. I didn't mean to have this kind of uh, statement right before Father's Day, but it kind of fits. But I mean, this God that loves us so much walks with us in the good and in the bad. He is lifting us up. He is nurturing us. He is guiding us. So it begs the question, how do we meet him? Where, where do we go? Where do we find him? And for many of you, you find God in, in, in different situations. I know some people actually find God in mathematics. I've yet to see that connection, but some people do. For me, it's getting outside and in his creation, out in nature. It provides me with some much-needed quiet time. There's lots of trails around here. Anybody here trout fish besides me? All right, two of us. Okay, well, you know what it's like to get out there and you're walking along the trout, trout streams and, and you, know, you, just, you can't help but just experience God's presence. We walk, my wife and I and our kids, we take lots of hikes all the time and sometimes it's just to go and see where a path leads. And those times where we can sit and pray together as a family or pray as an individual really bring us into connection with God. I will say one time my wife, uh, we were at the Grand Canyon and she was a big time hiker and she was dragging me on all these hikes that I was really enjoying for the most part. But there was one in particular that she just kept going and going and going. And I kept thinking, we're going to turn around soon, right? Um, that was one hike where I honestly felt like I was going to meet God face to face actually in heaven because I was going to make it out of that place before we finished. But under normal circumstances, when we see a path, we always tend to see there's, there's usually a fork and there's those choices like Milton was talking about before. We have these choices. Do we go to the right? Do we go to the left? Do we turn around? Isn't that kind of like real life? The choices we make and the paths we follow lead us to many different outcomes. If in this process we can focus on growing closer to Christ, new levels of understanding are possible within our hearts and our minds, and our spirits, regardless of the path that we follow or the choices that we make. Because God is going to be with us when we make those good choices, and God's also with us when we make those bad choices. That loving Father never leaves our side. Over time, wisdom and insight are gained, and new levels of understanding can simultaneously build on prior truths and shed light on the inaccuracies of what we once thought of as truth. It is here that we need to pay careful attention. What is it that God wants us to see or hear within any given circumstance we find ourselves? Are we seeing what we should, or are we too distracted to learn what we ought to? Let me share a story that's sort of a metaphor for this. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's a, it's a pattern in my life I, I tend to do. I have always been drawn to nature. And some of my fondest memories were along the creek that my parents owned when I was a kid. They still live there, and I get to take my own kids down there. But when we first moved there, it was all woods, and there was this skinny little path that went down to the to the creek. And my brother and I, we'd go down there, we'd catch crawdads, and we'd fish, and we'd build dams, and we'd just have a ball every single day. Summer was the greatest 
point in our in the lives of, of any child. But time and again, God used that place to teach me lessons about life. And I often discovered that there were things that could be considered good and things that we could be considered bad. Frogs, which I loved, loved to catch those things, they were eaten by snakes. Insects basically looked at me like Thanksgiving dinner. I was food. And from an adult perspective, I know that each organism God has created has a purpose and that what I was seeing was neither good or evil, it was just life. However, the point of this story involves a little green plant. Many of you might be familiar with it. Y'all know anything about poison oak? Okay, you didn't fish, but you know about poison oak. Okay, so all right, yeah. Yeah, poison oak is, uh, I get it real bad. And um, I used to get the worst cases of poison oak on my ankles and and down between my toes, you know, because like many of you, shoes were optional equipment when I was a kid in the summertime. Um, still they are, and my own kids are following that too. Um, but it was awful. Sometimes it, the poison oak case would be so bad I couldn't even sleep at night. And mom... Mom was kind of a country girl growing up, too, and she took my brother and I down into the woods, and she tried to teach us what poison oak looked like. I remember she probably, you know, put a lot of effort into that instruction, don't touch this. You know, me being a typical guy, I'm like, what, what, what? And I'm totally focused on everything else that was was down there. And she might have even told us that old saying about leaves of three, let it be. Remember that? But I either didn't hear her say that or I couldn't count or possibly a little bit of both. But what I remember was seeing something that was green and it was on the ground and it was climbing the trees. I mean, it was exactly what mom was talking about. And I zeroed on that stuff like laser-like accuracy. And I avoided that stuff like the plague. And years went by with me steadfastly using that knowledge to keep myself away from that plant. Everywhere I saw it. I would avoid it. But my poison oak kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I was like, what is going on? And then I realized I I was constantly avoiding a green plant that grew on the ground. It climbed trees and it had five leaves. I said five leaves. Leaves of five, let it be, does not rhyme or keep you from getting poison oak. I was in high school before I realized what I thought, what was the truth. What I thought was poison oak was actually Virginia creeper. And I avoided Virginia creeper like crazy, and I was walking all through the poison oak. And as an adult now at my parents' place, I'm like, this place is covered up. My dad must grow poison oak, you know, for a living. I mean, it's everywhere. No wonder I'm lucky I made it out of there. But isn't that kind of like our our lives, that we, we will hear what we think is a truth, We'll listen, especially in those situations where God's really wanting to talk to us, and yet we don't hear it. Lord, let us have eyes to see and ears to hear your truth. That is a prayer of mine continuously. And I, I, I think as Christians living in this fallen world, there's obstacles constantly that get put in our way. Going back to this whole idea of, of of walking on paths, I trip on a lot of those paths. There's rocks in the way. There's roots in the way. Sometimes my own feet get in the way, and I'll stumble. And that's kind of like our life. There's, there's always going to be things 
that try to trip us up. But we've got to be real careful because, again, what is God trying to teach us as we walk these paths? Because if you go in and you dig out a root, now roots attached to that tree, and that tree is providing you shade, and there's a whole connection thing there that you may miss. I know I do. I miss them. And I've apparently missed exactly where I was going with this point, too. So Adam said y'all are a gracious church, so I, I need it now. We, being the light of Christ in this world, have got to remember that we can trip up and we can stumble. But when we allow God into our hearts and we allow him to start leading us, and we allow him to start directing those choices, we not only become more open to what he's showing us and to the promptings of his Holy Spirit, but we realize that when we make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. We don't have to let pride get in the way. We can say, you know what, I'm sorry. I loved it last week when Adam was talking to his kids and he was using the illustration about asking and telling them that, that he was sorry. I've done that with my own kids. And those of you who are parents know we're not perfect, and we do stumble. And God sometimes uses our children to teach us lessons. I know my son teaches me lessons all the time. But thank God for His grace. So what can we do to maximize our walk with God? I know of three things that I'm trying to do. And the first one is to dive into Scripture seeking God's truth. And for me, what that means is is take the time to read the Bible. I know it's tough because the world gets in the way. And I've fallen into the trap of I read a lot of books about Christian topics. I I read a lot of books by great Christian authors, and, and, and they give me great insight. But I'm not reading this near as much. I'm speaking honestly as myself here. I'm not reading this near as much as I know I ought to. Because those other people got their insight from this book. We've got to discipline ourselves to talk with God daily in prayer. I pray a lot. I find quiet times. Uh, A lot of times uh, my my wife and I have two toddlers and, uh, well, my four-year-old says he's no longer a toddler, but we have two young children. And I don't know about y'all that have young children, but they're very loud. Are your children loud or is it just mine? It's just mine. Okay. Yeah. I told you, honey, it's your side of the family, right? All right. So when I get in the car and I'm driving to work, a lot of times that's my quiet time to pray. I do have to remember to keep my eyes open though. Other times when I'm whitewater kayaking or fishing or even riding my bike, my brain, my spirit, everything opens up to what God is saying. And and I learn lessons and things that I've read come back to me and, and those truths are revealed. And a third thing that I'm trying to do is continue to lift up others in prayer. We've got to lift each other up. Got my tang tangled there. We've got to lift each other up in prayer. Now, have you, any of you found that difficult? Do you, have you found that sometimes your prayers become more about you and what you want? Even though you start off with good intentions, Lord, you know, be with 
this person and help me to be this light and, and see, I've already done it. Help me as opposed to, God, what do you want for this person? How can I lift them up and letting the Holy Spirit guide you? Now, those three little things, right? They look easy, don't they? I mean, I think that that's pretty easy. The problem is life gets in my way. Have you, have you ever been working towards this? Have you ever been setting out to pray for somebody or, or setting aside time? I'm going to read my Bible at this point, or I'm going to really uh, sit down and have some quiet time with God and then seeing instance after instance after instance of different things getting in the way. Happens to me all the time. You think that's an accident? In this world, what better way to keep Christians from maximizing their potential is there than the devil to wear us out with busyness? When we take our eyes off of God and we let that busyness get in the way, I try to fix things myself. And that's never as good as it can be. As Milton was saying earlier, I'm so glad he read that thing. Good is not the same thing as best. And my very best might not even be good when you're comparing it to what God can provide. And I don't know about you, but when I try to fix things, I'm usually accompanying it with a lot of anxiety because I never do it the way it ought to be done. We were made to be in our shepherd's care and to keep his spirit in our hearts, not for us to be in control and only tap into God when we need him. This book, this book, and the truth that is revealed within it can bring us peace within the chaos that this world is going to bring us and does bring us. And like many of you, I am continually amazed at the insights I get when I just take the time to do these things using this guide. I don't know why I ended up here today, and I don't know why you ended up here today. But I am thankful that we as a body of Christ had the opportunity to be here today. I'm glad that things happened just the way they did. I ask again, what are we going to do with it? Our paths may never cross again, though I hope they will. But I'd like to leave you with a verse that is very personal to me. This is Proverbs 4.10. And when you consider your walk with God, when you consider this path that you follow, Think of these words. Listen, my son or daughter. Accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I will instruct you in the ways of wisdom. And lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. And when you run, you will not stumble. When you go out this front door today, wherever this life leads you, 
Don't fear the poison oak. Just pay attention to what it looks like. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. And the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.